Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Good morning. This is the Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the Captain, the one, the only guy, Moldcaster. Hi, I'm Gareth Hall. We are recording this podcast on a Wednesday morning at 7.01 Eastern Daylight Savings Time here in Australia, but 9.01 where the Captain is at Karaka in New Zealand. Hello to you, Captain. Good morning, Gareth, and how are you today? I am very well. I've been pulled up by a few of the your fellow countrymen telling me about my pronunciation of some of the New Zealand names. Um, mm. But I'll try my very best today. How do you go about that? Like Karaka? No, yeah, no, no problem. problem. Yep. Um, well, I'm still working on it every day. Um, but it's exciting. How have you found the, the sales inspecting these yearlings? Yeah, we're just into day three of the inspections. We've got a good list together. We can't wait for the Karaka Million race day on Saturday afternoon, kicking off at 4pm. It's going to be a hell of an afternoon. And we've got, you know, we've got the great James McDonald riding here amongst mm. others on Saturday. And uh, and I think we're getting a guest appearance from a one Brittany Taylor's going to be uh, doing the interviews on track. Yes, the... Beautiful Brittany Taylor from WA. She works for Entain now, so of course Entain buying the tab. So she'll be, she'll be um, on that coverage. I saw the the promo for that. It's some team. Brendan Popperwell, who's been a a stalwart for New Zealand racing media for so long, does a wonderful job. Um, we've got Leith Innes engaged. Like, uh, like your apprentice Leith, he's a superstar. They tell me on the TV screens, and now Brittany Taylor. Yeah, it's all going to happen on Saturday, and the races look pretty good. The fields are pretty good, and the, the sale kicks off on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and there's some pretty bloody nice horses around as well. There'd be a few sore heads, I would imagine, on Sunday morning too, Captain. Do you think that, you, like, would you think about starting the sale in the afternoon, maybe a twilight session, so we could all recover from the Saturday race day? Well, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be bright, uh, you know, I'll be bright and organised on Sunday morning. So I don't really care about what the rest of them are going to be doing. Well, not wait till we get hold of you there on Saturday night, Captain. I don't know about that, um, but we're all looking forward to it. There's no, like, there's no doubt about that. And the yearling sales have been a, a happy hunting ground for you over the years. This is where you cut your teeth, really. It's where you bought your first superstar guy. Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago now, but uh, I was involved in the group that bought Sacred Fools from this very sale ring, and uh, we bought another very good horse. We uh, took a major share in her, and her name was Shamrocker. 
Yes. And this is where you basically started off with Chris Waller as well with your partnership. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Back in the Obviously, day? Yeah, on Bloodstock and, uh, and Chris was coming to the sales and I just helped him out with a bit of a list and it, and it grew from there. So the Karaka sales are different in a way where you could you could have a different eye for it to find the next champion with these New Zealand horses. So even on the Magic Millions, having a look at your list, you were purchasing a lot of horses that you thought might be classic horses later on that would get over yeah. a little bit more ground. But this is where they're bred in New Zealand. So what are you are you trying to find more classic horses, or do you think that you can find the the sprinter milers there these days as well? Yeah, well, you know, you've had horses like Colding and uh, and Kovlika have both been pretty good milers and stretched out as well. So, you know, the opportunities are there. We we managed to pick up a mare called Unforgotten from the sale ground and she won an Australian Oaks. So, you know, there's um, they're pretty versatile, these New Zealand horses. You saw Rock and Horse win the new market last year, so they can basically just about do anything. They can, and you make that really good point. So how do you, how do you see the... How do you see this year's catalogue? Because a lot of the New Zealand farms have decided, like they're still they're still selling in Australia, but they're keeping a few more at home because of the prize money increases and the interest there, especially with the local market. So how do you how do you um, assess this year's catalogue, there, guy? Um, I've I've done you know two and a half days of inspection so far. I've found the horses pretty good, and it's been easy enough to get a few on the list. All right, then. Um, you're not giving too much away. Will you be as busy as you were, say, on the Gold Coast guy? Because I tell you what, and I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you on Zoom, I've never seen you look better. I don't know what you've done over the last six weeks or so. If you've had a makeover or you've been getting facials, I don't know, guy. You look like death last time I saw you there at the Ready to Run sale, but you've turned yourself around. Yeah, it's all that exercise I do, Gareth, you know? It could like, be, yep. yes. The gym I go to in, in Brisbane's called the um, the Envy Hotel. Mm-hmm. You do the the stretches with the schooners and that sort of thing, and that that sort of helps you. It does. Um, well, I'm proud of you, guy. Now I want to play you a little bit of a grab that we caught up with James from Von Kloos there yesterday, and he was over there at Hong Kong running Romantic Warrior, and he's all excited. He was saying that the market's disrespect disrespected his three-year-old horse in, I think he rides um, Ancestral. Is that, that, that's a three-year-old he's riding. Yeah. Yeah. And he says it should be favourite, that Galloper, in the three-year-old classic. He does think every horse he rides should be favourite, though, doesn't he? he, he, No, he doesn't like to, he doesn't really like to, you know, make statements, bold statements like that. But he was, you know, he came out firing, really. He said, "Who's Molly? Yeah. Who's Molly? Who's Molly Bloom? Basically, yeah, Molly Bloom's a pretty talented horse, all the same. Yeah, it's going to be a great race. But he also had this to say about your apprentice, Lee Thinnis, that I found really interesting. Guy, I heard that. I heard he wrote, an, he said in an article that he's buying for the, one of the leading trainers in Australia. Yeah, Hope Captain's still got a job in yeah. six months' time. So." Lee Thinners, who's your apprentice, Group One winning jockey, you've taken under goodwill under your wing as an um, um, to teach him the ropes, and now he's got this big TV gig because of you, probably his association with you, guy. And he's been quoted in the paper saying he's buying a few horses for Chris Wall. I don't know if he needs to stay in his lane or not. Um, can you respond to those allegations? And that's coming from J Mac as well, which is interesting, and he would know. <laughs> 
that uh, uh, I think I think there's a fair bit of difference between going weeding a bit of a uh, bit of the quality away from the other ones to help me out to save a little bit of time. <laughs> and that, okay? uh, we'll have to get, get Lee. Get him some picture hooks for Christmas, won't I? So he can hang up his first group one winner on the wall at home. Yeah, we should do that. I like that. I like that. Now, what do you make of this slot race? Um, it looks like a good idea to me. Yes. It's, it's going to generate a lot of interest. And um, oh, we've got a dozen horses back in the Rose Hill stables that uh, will be uh, gearing one or two of those towards the race next year. They're all just two-year-olds at the moment. A few of them are showing quite a bit of promise and uh, look forward to bringing one back here next year for the for the $3.5 million race. So it's a Champions Day, so there'll be $9 million Kiwi dollars in prize money in this March meeting. So the slot race, it's pretty easy to explain. So they've joined forces, Tab New Zealand, with Dentane, who have purchased the Tab to launch the NZB Kiwi. I thought the NZB Molecaster might have been, you might have just missed out on that name. So sponsored yeah. as, as well by New Zealand Bloodstock, the NZB Kiwi will carry prize money, as you pointed out, of $3.5 million before increasing to $4.5 million by 2027. It holds a restricted list of status. It's eligible to horses purchased at Karaka or as a New Zealand bred horse, and it's competed over 1,500 metres. So you think you've found one, Guy. I think we've found one. Giddy up, Warrior. 1,500 metres, yeah. Saxon Warrior, ready to run horse. Right up his alley. It's like we had a crystal ball. Exactly, and I'm sure I'm sure those Hayes boys will be uh, galloping him up with Mr. Brightside, and we'll be uh, very excited to see him back here next year for the race. Now, he was the first person I called when I found out this. It was an embargo, I think, till Monday morning, New Zealand time. So, but... I got wind of it on the Sunday, and I, I probably broke the embargo. I only said off the record, JD. I said, "This is our race, JD." Um, so, but we have to go and buy a slot, and I find buying a buying a slot interesting. So it's not just like the the. It's just like it's just not like the 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 normal slot races where you'd have to apply for a, a slot, um, and they couldn't fill them up when they tried to sell the slots in the Everest for the first time. But there'll be a lot of interest here, so it's an auction guy. So how do we play our yep. cards here? There'll be nine slots auctioned off, and do you do you, and only, you can only under the one identity. So Guy Molecaster Bloodstock can only buy one. Chris Moller might be able to buy another one. Um, so so you can work it out a little bit different like that. But do you go early and put your hand up and try and buy the first slot, or do you wait? It's going to be a, it's going to be a game within the game, guy. Yeah, but we'll have the great Lee Thinnis on the on the on the grounds doing the bidding for us. So I'm sure he won't stuff it up. Well, there's a lot of pressure. So you're going to buy one guy? You're trying to tell us? I would be interested. We'll be having a look anyway. Okay. Buy with Guy Molecaster Bloodstock, or will you go under Chris Waller, or um, you might team up with Giddy Up. There's a lot of water to go under the bridge yet, Gareth. Yes, well, that is exciting. So it looks like you've 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 got a few. Like for you to get this interest in a slot race, they might be they must be going pretty well back at Chris Waller's their horses that you purchased last year. Um, so that's a slot race which is exciting. the The auction will be on the 27th of February, which is the um same night as the barrier draw for the New Zealand Derby. So it's going to be some race. 
Hey, James McDonald keeps on delivering, doesn't he, when he travels to Hong Kong? He won another as we go through some of the other major news stories. He won that Stewards Cup with Voyage Bubble. Um, it was pretty impressive, that son of deep field. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was actually good. He he, uh, he probably, I think we saw something in the news months ago, six months ago or something about Zach Purton saying that James McDonald should be riding in Hong Kong so he can pay off his house in Vaucluse. But I reckon after Saturday, Zach would be happy to see the back of J-Mac. Mm. Yeah, I know. He, he's, um, be interesting to see what J-Mac does. Going, we had that debate the other day on Giddy Up. Where will he be in a couple of years' time, guy? You know him well. Will he be in Sydney or will he be in Hong Kong? I think he'll be getting a lot of frequent flyer points, whichever way, wherever he lives. Yes, that's a very good point you make. You might be right on the money. How much would you pay for Storm Boy, the son of Justify, the Magic Millions champ? Um. Well, I mean, I'd like to own Storm Boy because I can imagine there's going to be a number of parties interested in purchasing him. And it wouldn't be a total surprise to me if someone hasn't already knocked on the door at Waterhouse Bots. They already have. I think that Coolmore and um, are the, the the front runners to, to purchase his horse because I remember having a chat to Tom Magnia and he said to me, that John Magnier, the horse that he thinks might be the next Saddler Wells, is Justify. He's in love with Justify, and he paid big money for Justify. So when he sees a cult-like Storm Boy that's by Justify, Justify might have the best two-year-old or young horse in, in Europe, and he might Storm Boy could be the best two, uh, juvenile in the Southern Hemisphere. But um, I don't think he will let this horse get out of his, his grasp. So they're talking $50 million dollars. So how does that work with bonuses and all that? So if they purchase him before the slipper, would they be saying, okay, then we'll pay $24 million for him or $25 million for him now, but if he wins the golden slipper, we'll give you an extra 10 And then if he wins the triple crown, we'll give you an extra 20 Is that how it works, Guy? Because you would have done a few of these deals. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can skin a cat, Gareth, and, you know, it's not really for me to say how the bonuses work and that sort of thing. You saw it with Osmosis when he won the Coolmore this year. There was a bonus attached to that. Um, I think every every stud deal is dealt with differently and, and that's between the people selling the horse and the people buying the horse, really. Yeah. So how much would he be worth now without winning a golden slipper? Oh, that's, a, that's opinion-based as well, Gareth. You know, yeah. like... If you win a Magic Millions and, and and he doesn't win another race and he goes to stud, he's probably a he's probably stands at a fifteen thousand or something. So it doesn't make him hugely valued just at the moment. But I mean, he's right in the market for the Golden Slipper, and there's no reason why he wouldn't be competitive in that. But also, you've got to remember there's going to be some pretty nice horses step out in the next month or so too. Yeah, it is the exciting time. We had some trials there recently at uh, Randwick on the Kensington track. There was a few horses that didn't troll as well as expected. There's other horses that jumped out of the ground. So it's going to be fascinating next three to four weeks in that two-year-old ranks. Um, we had the Easter catalogue. We've got Sebastian Hutch who will be joining me a little later on on this podcast. Um, but they announced that at the start of the week. Jeez, it's going to be exciting. Have you had a look at that that Piero Philly out of Wings yet, Guy? Uh, I'm going to see her in another couple of weeks up at the start at Coolmore, so I'll be interested to see how she's developed since she was a foal. Um, but, I mean, she's going to be the talk, talking point of that sale. 
and I can imagine they're going to get a lot of international interest as well as Australian interest for us. So what she makes, uh, who knows? Yeah, it is going to be exciting. As I said to Sebastian, I said, well, there'll be Channel 9, Channel 7, every news service, media outlet in the country here to see what happens and how much she she is purchased for. And she's on the second day, I think, at the middle part of the day. So, um, yeah, it is going to – I think it's going – it's exciting for the game. You've also got progeny of Aristia, that superstar Tiako, Mary Melody Bell, um, Sunlight and Vendora. Vendora won that Group 1 winner bottom. So – it's a high-class sale, as it, as it always is. But um, I think Inglis are, are very excited with the, the, the yearlings that they have to, to, to sell there at Easter, mate. Yeah, well, you know, every year Easter's pretty yeah. good. I mean, we're right in the middle of the sales season now, so we'll have a look at that that catalogue in the next few weeks and probably give you an update on uh, Giddy Up with yeah. – uh, what we think it was going to happen at the sale. Yeah, exciting times in the classic and the premier not far away as well. Have you in your time in this bloodstock game and racing game? Have you ever seen a, a stable like Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bot just completely and utter dominate two-year-old racing? I was going through some stats the other day um, for the juvenile season. They've had they've had just over thirty runners. Um, 37 runners for 12 winners, and they're going at 32.5%, Guy. That's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, but we haven't got to the big part of the season yet, Gareth, have we? I know, but they even won all of the trials there the other day. They got and the favourite for the it, slipper. That's a very good point you make. You don't make any money. But um, they just seem to be, every time you look at a Metropolitan meeting, they just seem to be winning these two-year-old races. Well, we'll see what happens at the end of the season, mm. won't we? Who's your tip in the... Um, Who's your tip in the Golden Slipper early doors? Uh, too early to say yet, Gareth. Oh, have you? Are you going to produce anything? You, any blue points or anything that have um, that we haven't seen at the trials yet? Well, I think the way the blue points are going, Jackson might have to get his own trainer's license out. He's the only one still on the train, really. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. They tell me they've got that blue stratum that'll be hard to beat in a preview at the the, the Blue Diamond on Friday. Um, yeah. there's a few tipping, a few blue points coming up. <laughs> Sounds like second-hand news. We've heard all this before. I know, which is exciting. There's going to be a couple of these these stallions that might need to stand up and be counted for um, in well, this wait, two-year-old season. I might be able to put them back on the map and keep Jackson happy for the next few months. Questions for the captain. The captain's pick as he's about to arrive here. Um, any other tips for... Did you get a ticket for Karaka race day? Sold out, they tell me, Captain. Yeah, yeah, sold out, but I'm sure I'll be able to get you a ticket, Gareth. There'll be no problem there. So what's the go then? So you go you to do, the... Yeah. You do need your best behaviour, though. Yeah, I'll, I will be. Who's picking up um, J-Mac from the airport? Will it be Leith? I'd say he'd be, he'd be choppering it in, wouldn't mm, he? Yeah, I would imagine so. Um I th- think they've actually got a cavalcade of uh, of limousines to bring them in with the flags and everything. Yeah. And what about that punters club? They're, they've like already backed three or four horses. The boys get paid. Yep. Luke does a wonderful job. Um, big fan of his. He, he's been able to promote the, the, the racing game, especially in New Zealand, like no other, in my opinion, anyway, my humble. And uh, they're betting horses to win a million dollars with Entain. So it's going to be exciting to see what unfolds. 
Yeah, well, they've done very well there in previous years. They've backed most of the winners, but they don't seem to steer too far away from the tangerines, so you probably need them to have quite a good weekend. It's going to be interesting. And don't take this the wrong way and don't get upset, Guy, but what's their chat? There's only one OP. There's about 55 of them come Saturday, like Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> Sarah McDonald, um, Jamie Carr, Blake Shin. He might not get a winner, OP, with the Aussies turning up. Oh, I tell you what, he's pretty He's pretty good. He's pretty good, Opie. He doesn't usually miss on the big days very often. No, and to be fair, when he comes over here, he, he rides as well as anyone. He'd probably, I think he would easily make the top 10 jockeys in Australasia, and there'd be a strong argument that he might sneak into the top five guy. Yeah, definitely. There'd yep. be no problem to vote from me. Where would Leith Innes have been? Uh, he's retired now, yep. Gareth. He's, oh. he's fucked. Is he doing, you know, television interviews and that to be worried about where he would have been riding, you know? Now, they didn't call him a for nothing. Now, g'day, hello to you, Jacko. Morning, Gareth. Morning, Captain. All right, then, take it away. You've got a f- you've got three yeah. questions that you've chosen out, chosen um, this week. Yeah, so we've got the three, and another one has just come through as well. So four for the captain today. Um, and if you do want to get your questions through for next week's podcast, you can get in touch with me on jackson.frans at sen.com. .au, and the first one comes through from Mitch Captain. What is a young, proven stallion that you believe could be the next big thing? I'm personally excited about the trajectory that Hellbent is on. Yeah, well, it sort of it sort of depends what you're looking for, and and you know, there's a lot of different ways you can you can do the numbers. It can either be on stakes winners or winners to runners or prize money earned. And like, I just like to keep it pretty bored. I don't. I don't keep backing one stallion until they've given us a good result. You know, like Ocean Park's been pretty good to us and we keep buying Ocean Parks. But of the other ones, I think we just spread it around and try and buy nice types and see what comes out at the other end. Gareth has tried to get this one out of you probably for the last six months, Captain, and I think our listeners are a little bit fed up with you not revealing, keeping your cards close to your chest. And Adam says, can you finally reveal to us what exciting two-year-olds Chris is waiting to step out in the coming weeks? Are any of your listeners paying the training fees? Well, you want to hurry up. They're not far away now. We're about to get we're about to get busy. I haven't seen any trial recently, guy. You can't keep hiding them all day. Well, there's about eight trolling tomorrow at Rose Hill. <laughs> all right, Adam. All right. Good luck. I know you've had a crack, but you got no chance. Do you know what? I'm going to get him blind. No, he drinks responsibly, and I'll I'll get something out of him, and then I'll re, I'll replay what I find out undercover. Uh, we've got two more that have come through. Two more? Yep, two more before we wrap things up. And this one's from Julian. He says, what are the traits and attributes you look for when looking for an early running type compared to a horse that will stretch out over more ground? Uh, most of the time, the early running ones, the pre-Christmas ones, are a little bit thicker set, uh, short coupled, and um, and they've sort of got shorter legs, really. Um, but I don't have a hell of a lot of early two-year-old runners. But uh, we you know, know that. Like, this, what was that, Gareth? I said we know you don't have any early two-year-old runners. <laughs> well, I just change and start buying a few more earlier runners. You know, like we did have we did have the uh, Magic Millions winner. We've had a Breeders' Plate winner and Shakiro and uh, Profiteer. So uh, not Profiteer, some other one anyway. Mm. Um, but well, yeah, we'll just keep buying horses, and if they turn out good, we're happy. All right then, Captain. Captain's pick. Um, any horses that you've got that you purchased at any of these sales that are racing soon as well? Um, I'd love to keep an eye on them. But 
I want to go through a few of these markets at Ellerslie because we'll be there and you would have had your ear to the ground. You've got Tony Pike and Alan Sharrick, all your great mates in, in New Zealand land um, that would be helping you like with a few, hopefully a little bit of bit of mail there for Saturday. Is Velocious a good thing in the two-year-old classic at 340? Bellatrix Star at 420, cool and fast seven and full force with uh, Ladbrokes at $9. What are you hearing there in that race? Um, barriers make a hell of a big difference at Ellerslie. So when the draw comes out tonight, you want to be backing something inside five, I would have thought. I've got one for you, regardless of the draw. My mate Mike Moroni's bullish about Pendragon in the three-year-old classic. I had a look at his form. What's he done wrong? Why is he such a big price? I can't quite work it out, guy. Well, Michael's won big races here and in Australia year in, year out. So if he's tipping Pendragon, you probably want to be backing it, Gareth. Can Holy Man's defeat Legato? No hope. <laughs> um, Captain, what have you got for us? What's your captain's pick? Um, I we've we've actually got a two-year-old running. Okay. Australia. What's its name? Switzerland. Oh yes. Hmm. Hmm. They t- why'd you scratch it the other day? 12 Barry, 1100 metres, Rose Hill does make no sense. No, that's a good point you make. Um, J Mac riding? No, he's going to be in New Zealand oh, on Saturday. That's a good point. But he might run the following week at Rose Hill in 1100 again if oh. he draws a good barrier. Oh, so you're waiting on the barrier. How good is this Switzerland? Like, will J Mac well, ride that horse? Is he, like, will he be with, with you guys for the slipper or will he jump ship and go to Henry? Well, he can probably do what he likes. We had Ryan Moore last year, and it didn't work out too bad. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's a very good point. How is Shinzo going? Any 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 update there? Flying. Flying. What's his main could, aim this, this autumn? Could come down to Melbourne. Oh, maybe for a Lightning or a new market. More a new market than a Lightning. Yeah. Hey, Captain, um, yes. any other updates, that any autumn horses that we should know about? Oh, well, we've got a few coming up pretty nicely. If you watch Trials at Rose Hill tomorrow, you might find something, Gareth. Um, can we have? A, can I have one of those Molecaster Bloodstock um, long-sleeve shirts that you've got on at the moment? People can't see it on this podcast, but I think you could sell them. They could go out the door, Guy. How many the you only is with when you've got merchandise, Gareth, it ends up getting worn in the wrong environment. It ends up on social media. You know, we saw that bloke with the handcuffs yesterday, Guy Sebastian or something. So, you know, I don't really want the merchandise out there to get it getting people into trouble, you know. Yeah, that's a but very... I... Yep. Um, I thought I... jackets would have been suffice. No, they are nice jackets, but it's the middle of summer at the moment, so we can't wear them, so... You live in Melbourne, you still get a great chance to wear them. That's a good point you make. Um, Captain, I'm looking for, I'll be up there on, um, we're doing the show Saturday morning from Cracker, and then from, uh, from Ellerslie, I should say, from the racetrack, and then we'll be at the sales complex Monday and Tuesday. Well, we might do a little bit of live on Giddy Up on Monday or Tuesday. 110% we will be, Giddy Up. And is a call up this time? No, Jacko's... He can't – the blue points haven't really fired just yet, so he's got to stay back here and um, hold the fort. Once again, he's a non-travelling reserve. 
I'll um I'll book a flight Saturday morning after he does the Phillies and our uh, Colts and Geldings double yeah. in the previews at Caulfield, so we'll be right. What once Giddy Up Warrior wins the the slot race, what is it? The NZB Kiwi next year. He'll be front and he'll be front and square. We're we'll racing in the Giddy Up Jackson Colours. So we've got a done deal filly that we leased from the Easter Sales last year with Lindsay Park that trialed nicely at Werribee. You want a good you want a good filly to beat us in the Oaks this year, guy? That's all I could say. Yeah. Yeah, well, I told you about Usk Valley the other day on, on this on this very podcast. So we might even have a head-to-head with Usk Valley against your Dundee Philly. Yep, let's oh, – 100%. 100%. I'd love to beat you and Waller. That'd make my day. Well, yeah, Waller doesn't get, train. Who, who trains this one? Howie. All right, then. You can, you can even have J-Mac. We'll give you J-Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to get like from King Island? Yes. Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle. <laughs> what an absolute beauty. Yeah, he's a legend, Tommy Doyle. Uh, yeah. There should be more Tommy Doyles like that. Um, yeah. We might bring Leith Innes back to King Island next year. He'll be about the same shape as Tommy Doyle as well. Well, I'd better let you go because Leith Innes is probably stabbing you in the back as we speak. So we better let you go so he, so he doesn't try and cut your lunch once again, guy. I don't want any, like, friction. <laughs> Going to Waller as we speak. Yeah, I, I was trying to help you out there, but at least we got that story out, so he's on notice. Good luck. Hey, guy, thanks for your time, and Merry Christmas. See you, Captain. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Let's catch up with the GM of Inglis in uh, Sebastian Hutch, who's been a busy man of late because the Easter yearling sale catalogue is out. And it's always exciting when we get to see the Easter catalogue, as I say hello to you, Sebastian. Morning, Gareth. Happy New Year. Nice yeah. to chat to you. Yeah. Um, Happy New Year, mate. So what have you, first of all, what have you what have you made of the sales season so far? We just had the Magic Millions. Caracas about to... Um, get into full swing with their sale. Um, are you confident that when it's your turn that everybody will still have enough money? I, I don't think any vendor ever wants to hear that we're confident. I think vendors <laughs> want to hear that we're. I think vendors want to hear that we're doing everything we can to make sure that um, we engage as many people as we can. But this season started encouragingly. We want to see it start well because, generally speaking, it sets the tone for the year. We're pleased with the catalogs we have for Classic Premier and especially Easter and. We've had lots of interest in those sales and I suppose we're looking forward to getting started with Classic on the 11th of February and then working through into Melbourne in March and then obviously on to Easter in April. Geez, it's going to be some Easter sale. When you have a look at that catalogue, you have a look at the, 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 the yearlings that will be sold there and the, the bloodlines. It, it's going to be, and then of course we've got Winx's first ever fall. Um, what are you expecting? Have you ever been more excited heading, I know we say this probably every year, but it is. There is plenty to get excited about this year. I think it's satisfying about it, Gareth. Is we set out with a set of objectives, you know, last winter when we we're planning for the sale, and you want to try and make sure you get good engagement from the right in, from the right vendors with the right horses, good diversity of stallions, good numbers, you know, the right mares, the right pedigrees. And I think if you'd, I think to be honest, I think if you'd asked us, would we end up with this catalogue? On the 1st of August last year, it, this would have exceeded our expectations. So you know, it's really pleasing to be at this point. The, yep. You know, the horses look pretty rock solid. We've had fantastic vendor engagement in good numbers. You know, the diversity through the catalogue is very much what we want. And certainly the response we've had to the catalogue to this point has been very encouraging. And 
hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can enjoy a uh, a good sales season and everybody get into Easter and be really excited about the sale. Yeah, it is the who's who when it comes to the size. Like Vinny leads the way with 44, Snitzel 40, the, the proven champ. Written Tycoon 31, I think Sue Star 36. And the new kid on the block who made quite that splash in, on the Gold Coast in Wooden Bassett, he's got 27 to sell um, at Easter. But then you have a look, you've got a gun runner, which is exciting. So Uni's represented, Frankel. So you've got all the big guns of world racing from a size point of view that'll be there. Yeah, we've we've really hit the bullseye with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the the gun runner Colt is exciting. Um, he's obviously a fantastic stallion in the US, and <clears throat> yeah, obviously you never know how a horse like that is going to adjust to the environment here. But everything that he's done in the US would say that he's an exceptional stallion. You know, Frankel, we've you know we've some beautifully bred, very well conformed Frankels, both Colts and Phillies in sale. You know, primarily amongst a strong draft from Yulong. Uh, good representation by Extreme Choice, Wooden Bassett, Farnham, Bivouac, yeah. Ole Kirk. You know, they're sort of the four big guns amongst the first season stallions. And, you know, as you would see year after year, the stallion landscape can change dramatically <laughs> quickly. So, yeah. like, as we sit here mid-January, looking toward a sale the second week of April, we feel like we have a very clear idea as to the lay of the land in terms of the stallions. But... You know, we've got an English Millennium for in a few weeks. We've got a Blue Diamond, a Golden Slipper, a host of three-year-old features. It, it's it's exciting to it's exciting to think where the stallion landscape might be by then. Uh, you know, there are a host of the younger stallions, whether it's Trapeze Artists, The Autumn Sun, Justify, Harry Angel, all the first-season horses with look-to-be nice prospects going into the autumn. And, you know, by the time we get to the 7th and 8th in April, the, the hot stallions might be something different to what we envisage now. And it's all well and good having 175 siblings to stakes winners and progeny to um, brilliant race mares that have tasted success at Group 1 level, Group 2, Group 3 level, but you need to be able to find an athlete. So you've inspected the farms and had a look at these yearlings. What are you seeing? I mean, we, we want to try and find nice horses primarily. Yeah. We, want to, we want to put together a catalogue of yearlings that when people open it and look at it, they say, oh, well, I want to shop at that sale. Yep. Um, it's not just about, you know, obviously we want to try and find the best yearlings we can, but it's not just about putting together a book of expensive yearlings. You know, you want horses who want to be race horses and represent the sale effectively in years to come. You know, the sale is statistically the just about the most potent yearling sale in the world in terms of its ability to produce group one winners and stakes winners to runners or lots offered. It's, it's a really fantastic sale from that perspective. And that's a reputation we want to try and have the sale maintain. And I think what people are more attuned to now is the fact that, yes, the expensive horses garner the headlines at Easter, but there really is fantastic buying right the way through mm. the sale. Like, I think we had 120-odd yearlings last year make uh, 200 grand or less. And you look at some of the showpiece horses for the sale over the last three, four, five years, like a horse like Overpass is one of the best sprinters in the country. He's won over $7 million in prize money. You could have bought him for 75 grand at Easter. Fun Star cost 80 grand, Aristia 80 grand. Now, Exceedance is one of the most exciting young stallions. He cost 180 grand. You know, there, there really is good opportunities to buy nicely through the catalogue. And I think for people looking to invest in fillies in particular, like the amount of good racehorses that you see, or the amount of racehorses you see that win nice races on Saturday, mm. that are the progeny of 
mares that were Easter yearlings or that people bought as yearlings at Easter and developed into a broodmare is extraordinary. And these families are really gifts to keep on giving. So if you're someone who's looking to try and invest in a nice filly with a long-term view, Easter's a fantastic place to shop. And when you visualize, I think it's the second day she'll be sold, the filly by Piero out of the champion winks. What are you expecting on that day? Because you'll have Channel 9, Channel 7, ABC, even ABC will turn up there for, for this story. Um, you have all of the racing media there. Like, how big will this be? Look, Gareth, I'll be honest with you. I'm planning to try and run it as much of a normal day at the sale as I no, can. Good luck. Responsibility. That, that won't Wait be happening. Responsibility is <laughs> all the vendors. I mean, the, the way the catalogue is landed, you know, if you ask me today what's going to be the stronger of the two days of the sale, and this can be dicky, tricky to pick, but just whatever way it's landed, it just... My, my thought, based on what we saw in the spring, was that there are a lot of nice horses on the second day. It's not to say there aren't a lot of nice horses on the first day, but my gut feeling is the, strong, the second day will be stronger than the first one. So it's going to be a bumper day anyway. Um, I, you know, from a, independent of my job, from a racing enthusiast point of view, I'm excited to think that this has the capacity just to engage interest from yeah. maybe some new people or a broad cross-section of different people. Because, you know, I think we've said many times before, but in the context of Australian sporting history, Winks will go down as one of the greatest athletes that's been produced in Australia. Okay, she's a horse, not a human, but like her achievements as an athlete are, you know, unparalleled in this country. Yeah. And amongst the, amongst the, she's amongst the most accomplished equine athletes in the world. So to have her daughter offered for sale for sale and for her daughter to have so much in common with her mother, I mean, even talking to the guys at Coolmore that the filly came into prep the other day and, you know, she wanted to bully a few people around the stable. But that's, and they were characteristics that people saw and still see in the mother in Winx. So not that it might, it might mean nothing, but it's just encouraging to see that she's inherited not just the physical characteristics, but some of the personality traits that clearly were uh, an important part of her mother being such a good racehorse. Well, it's an exciting times in racing. Um, you've you've got the classic not far away, which has always been a sale. That I know a lot of the the bloodstock agents when I've had a chat to them on this show and of recent times, they 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 get excited by the classic because they think that's where they could find their bargain. And um, then the premier that sale in, in Melbourne with the support these days of Racing Victoria and Yulong doing what they're doing in Victoria seems to be getting bigger and better each year as well. So. It's going to be a busy few few months, mate. And when you get when you get horses like Stormboy being sold, what they tell me, what for fifty million dollars? Not <laughs> this. It's 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 still going pretty well. This industry. Yeah, if you can find to, the right everybody, one. Everybody wants to race a good horse, and yeah, right. I mean, even the announcement of the new race in New Zealand the other day. Yeah, like it's fantastic to see people still looking at ways investing in prize money. You know, we, you know, we want to try and see as many people who are involved in the sport, enjoy it and earn a dividend from it that we can. And hopefully that means that they continue to be part of it and they encourage other people to be part of it. And looking forward to having a happy and healthy sport for, for the foreseeable future. All right, mate. We appreciate your time as always and um, enjoy whatever you're doing today. And we, we look forward to catching up with you on at the classic sales, mate, which is just around the corner. Johnny Gareth, really appreciate it.